Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 196. And the win. Wait. Go. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dawn. I'm a more breaker. Rick Flair, Nature Boy, about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 196 of A Shot of Wrestling. I am your host at Michael J. Party. Join, as always, the Hollywood Mark Schwann. What is up, buddy? I'm not, excited to be here. Not much. Another week in the books. Back in studio to wrap up the week that was professional wrestling. Oh, hell yeah, man. And, dude, 196, we're four more away from 200. Well, we started this one, so I guess technically three more away. Three more away, excuse me. Right? Yeah. I said a couple weeks away from our anniversary, I think fourth anniversary. That's amazing, man. And we're very close to our uh, viewing party for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, next week. Wow. That came up quick. I know, right? I feel like we've been talking about it for a while, and then here we are, just right around the corner. Yeah, it's like Christmas. Yeah. Comes and goes. Exactly. <laughs> Royal Rumble is like one of my favorite pay-per-views, so I'm really excited about this. Has it always been? Always been, yeah. Why? Um, I think it was actually one of the first pay-per-views that I bought. Well, I forced my dad to buy when I was a kid. And I just love that concept of the surprises. You never know who's going to drop in. You never know what's going to happen, especially for the Royal Rumble uh, match itself with all these different people in there and uh, all at the same time. It's a huge spectacle, mm-hmm. and I just think it's really cool. Well, my parents would get the pay-per-views for me when I was growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. Whether it be Unforgiven, No Mercy, Survivor Series, Summer Slam, the mother always go, oh, is that the one I like? No, that's the Royal Rumble. You don't, is, <laughs> oh, the next month. Is that the one I like? No, that's the Royal Rumble. Damn it's, it. It's, it's, it's in January. Oh, okay. But she, she also loved the Royal Rumble, and she wasn't a wrestling fan. She wouldn't watch it. It's just something's cool about it. I have a question for you. What did yeah. you did you um ever watch WCW, uh, the World War, was it World War Three? it was called? No. No? No. Do you know the concept that they had? They had three rings. I, I know the three rings. I see the pictures of that. I've never seen it in person. Um, it was Royal Rumble type of deal. Must have three rings? Yeah. That's weird. I know. It was It was pretty nuts. Okay. It was a little much. Well, WCW. Yeah. They always had to go a little too far. <laughs> it was a little too far. Did you like it when WWE did the 40-man Royal Rumble? I mean, granted, Alberto Durio won, so that was kind of like wah-wah. It was great. I was there. In person, in the skybox, get back relaxing. Okay, so you had a cool experience. So you liked cool, it. I had a cool experience. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know why they did it, but it was, I didn't have a problem with it. Did you? I don't know. I mean, I guess it might, but I guess the biggest problem was like who won. It was kind of like lackluster who won it. Oh, I didn't have a problem with that. I mean, at the time, I guess it was okay, but like, you know, from looking back on it and like who was in that rumble and what Alberto DeRio uh, amounted to. And that year of WrestleMania, I mean, it's just kind of lackluster. Mm. Okay. But it was cool because that was the first leg of our Grand Slam for all the four major pay-per-views that year in 2011. Mm. 
So one thing we have to carry around for the rest of our lives is we were there in person for the 40-man Royal Rumble, all right? History was made. Yeah. What the fuck they do? They do the 50-man battle Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia and screw us over? <laughs> Dicks. <laughs> Ripping me out of my history experience. Oh, you think we're ever going to see a 50-man battle royal again? The Saudi Arabia wants it. I'm sure we will. That's annoying. Like, I wonder what Braun Strowman did with that belt he won. Was it a belt or yeah. is it a... He won like an ugly ass trophy. Lime, lime green belt. I think he won both. Oh, God. It was like a lime green belt. I'm like, oh, this is ugly. I feel like they never mention anything when it comes to Saudi Arabia. Like, oh, with no. any of the crown jewels. The only thing that really kept on going was like Shane McMahon's Best yeah. in the World, which I actually liked that storyline. That was cool. It worked. Got over Yeah. Oh, it definitely worked. But yeah. What else? What else? Ready for football? By the time the show airs, we'll find out who's going to the Super Bowl. I know. But any preliminary guesses? Um, I am going to say Titans 49ers. Really? Yeah. You know what? I just think that Derrick Henry and the Titans, they, they have that formula that could beat the Chiefs. You know, it, Titans have been proving us wrong time and time again within these, these last three weeks with the yep. people they've beat. It would be a first within four back-to-back weeks that a team has beaten uh, number one uh, divisional teams back to back to back. Wow. Yeah. So that would be cool to see. And uh, like I said, I, I think Titans, they have the formula that could work. You know, keep grounding out the the ball with Derrick Henry. Yeah, wear him out. Yeah, keep Mahomes off the field. And it could work. Because not for nothing, I mean, Derrick Henry can't be stopped. And uh, the Chiefs, they don't have a good run defense. So when you told me. The Titans beat the Ravens after our ACW experience, like doing commentary. Yeah, our phones were on airplane mode. Yeah, like you're fucking kidding me. Dude, I, I, I was. Sure, you, I'm not that good at acting. You should see my well, face. I, I, I was that. like, <laughs> dick. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, holy crap! And now, as a long suffering Dolphins fan, mm. I don't have much going for me. <laughs> well, I'm a Jets fan, except so. Dan Marino in the perfect season. We got those, but that's living in the history. You guys didn't win a Super. Oh, never mind. One, two. Well, last time you just won? How many guys you have won? We've won one. Yeah, we've won two. No, but you didn't win that year when you were undefeated. Yeah, we did. No, you didn't. Yeah, we did. No, you didn't. That's why we're undefeated, dumbass. No. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Who am I fucking working with here? Anyway, point of my story is Ryan Tannehill going to the Super Bowl will be the closest I think I'll ever get to experiencing getting excited over the Super Bowl. So good luck, Titans. Tighten up. And I hope I don't just jinx you. I hope not. Now you're making me Google this shit. Yeah, you Google it, Mark. Mark's Googling the undefeated Dolphins lost the game. Did, you, uh, did, did that sentence come out right? Because they're, what, Mark? Undefeated. No. no. Yeah. Undefeated you're, you're means right. You're right. not losing. You're right. It was the Patriots. The only time that happened when they were undefeated yeah, and the, lost. The freaking Patriots. Good. Thank you, Michael Strahan and the New York Giants. You know what? All the way for that. I'll cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers. Clink. And have a cup ready. But anyway, well, let's get back on wrestling. Anything else you want to talk about before we get into some big news this week? No, let's get right into it. It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. The WWE family is saddened by the passing of Hall of Famer Rocky Johnson. Johnson debuted in 1964, making an instant impact with his Herculean physique and unparalleled athleticism. 
his popularity would skyrocket upon joining the WWE in 1982, electrifying audiences as the Soul Man. Look at this Rocky Johnson! Oh, is he exciting or is he? Rocky and Tony Atlas went on to form the Soul Patrol, and the two made history in 1983 when they became the first ever African-American tag team champions. In 1970, Johnson married Ada Mayavia, daughter of the legendary High Chief Peter Mayavia. Rocky and Ada would go on to have a son, Dwayne. Rocky would train his son in the world of sports entertainment, and upon his debut in WWE, Dwayne adapted the persona Rocky Mayavia as a tribute to his family's legacy. Father and son rocking the house. Rocky Johnson's career would come full circle in 2008 as his son inducted him into the WWE Hall of Fame. My dad was a hero to me. He was larger than life. Legendary matches I witnessed as a kid. He was able to cross all lines and become one of the most dynamic and formidable performers of his time. It is my great honor to welcome my dad, Rocky Johnson. I would like to be remembered for paving the road for all athletes, no matter race, color, or creed. A true entertainer and trailblazer, soul man Rocky Johnson's legacy will be celebrated for generations. Well, Mark, you just heard it right there. The sad news this week, the passing of Rocky Johnson at the age of 75 years old. Now, every time something like this happens, we play the video. That's something WWE does better than anybody. Oh, Their video absolutely. packages are, you know, next to none. Well done. Very classy video tribute to him. Right. No, um, very well done. I was I was shocked when I heard the news. Um, yeah. I was texting, actually, Carson, my friend. Uh, we're just talking wrestling, and then all of a sudden, you just text me. He's like, "Dude, Rocky Johnson just died." I'm like, "What? No!" Because yeah. Carson sometimes he jumps the gun when he hears news. Sometimes oh. it could be like fake news or whatever. One of those, like, yes. So I had to look at it. Like, all right, Carson, because he he. I remember he texted me. There's like a rumor like Ric Flair died at one oh, point. And he texted me. I'm like, "All right, no way." So I looked this up, and yeah, I didn't see. I googled it. I didn't see anything. Yes. Neither did I. And I was like, okay, so maybe this is a fluke. And I I looked went on Twitter. And that's why I just see it. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah, some wrestling fan posted it on her Instagram story. Mm. And she was posting her stuff. And uh, at the end, she goes, oh, rest in peace, Rocky Johnson. I'm like, what? So I, I go on um, some Instagram pages. I go on wrestling news pages. I go on Facebook. I don't see anything. Mm. I find everything just flooded out. I'm like, yeah, oh, it all flooded out all at once, it seemed like. But, uh, yeah, um, apparently I, I didn't get a chance to see it. Rocky, uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson posted something very nice about his Very dad. long, beautiful tribute. He's in yeah. pain, of course, as anyone would be. Of course. He seemed, uh, so, he seemed like he's very close to his dad. Yeah, so, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to him. Our condolences to Rocky and his family. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I was happy they 
mentioned that in the video because all I've heard is The Rock's dad passed away. Yeah. TMZ was like, oh, The Rock's dad passed away. I'm like, you know, he he, he had a career before The Rock was born, right? No, yeah, absolutely. How did they mention that in the video? He, uh, I mean, anyone who makes it to WWE, and no matter what level you are, it's a success in my eyes. He was an NWA Georgia champion, NWA Memphis champion, and of course the first African-American tag team champions, as you just heard. Hall of Famer. WWE Hall of Famer. The news of Johnson's death was first reported by the Cauliflower Alley Club, saying, and I quote, horrible news to pass along. We just learned that Rocky Johnson passed away at the age of 75. His accolades in this, this business, all the people he influenced, all the accomplishments, and we are so deeply sorry and wish him and his family nothing but the most love at this time. B. Brian Blair told ABC News he was just under the weather. He thought he had the flu or something. I said, you need to go check, get checked out, Rocky. He said he'd be okay. Then he missed this Sunday, and a few days ago, when I talked to him again, he said he still wasn't feeling good, and he missed church. He still didn't get checked out. I talked to his wife, and she said he was just being stubborn, and then he died at home today. Jesus Christ. So he wasn't feeling good. Do you think it was pneumonia, maybe? That Probably. He was up there, 75. Pneumonia is dangerous at that age, so. I feel like pneumo- I, I, pneumonia is dangerous anyway. Like There was a ESPN reporter, he was like 34, died of pneumonia. That's what he died from? Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, you you know what I'm talking about, right? I forgot his name. There Wait. was there was two ESPN reporters. One died in a plane crash, and one died of illness. Yeah. Recently, like back to back. Yeah, he was just covering like the Michigan game that weekend. It was freezing weather. Mm-hmm. He developed pneumonia and died. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you die from a, like a normal healthy person shouldn't die from pneumonia. So I think maybe something else is wrong there. But uh, uh, I don't anyway. know. I mean, as we'll you said, out. I mean, 75. I mean, he's no spring chicken. Yeah, I mean, pneumonia and untreated as well. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, people usually, they get treated for pneumonia and they're good to go. But if you go untreated for that, it could be deadly. Very deadly. So uh, I'm sure we'll find out more. And again, we're just, I'm just, just um, making a guess here. Yeah, you are, not me. I'm good. Right. Mark, Mark not, Schwann. Not saying that he definitely died of pneumonia, but from the sound of it. That's what it sounded like you were saying. But it sounds like, from what you were saying, the, the, the description of it, it sounds like it could be. But I'm not a doctor. I've only played one. Dick. So I'll keep you updated. I'm like, um, again, thoughts and prayers to the Rock and his family at the time. Absolutely. Also, being reported by the Cauliflower Alley Club, the passing of Lucha Libre AAA world star La Parca 2 passed yes. away from injuries he sustained in a match against former RH champion Rush back in October. Now... When I first heard this, like many people, I was, you know, it was sad. First of all, anybody dying is sad, especially wrestlers in the ring due to an accident. Yeah, I mean, that that's sucks. crazy, yeah. La Parca was one of the guys I would kick ass in in NWO, WCW Revenge Game, or N64. <laughs> really? That's what you think of? But to be clear, it wasn't the same La Parca. No. It, uh, he was not the guy from WCW in the 90s. That guy is now L.A. Park because Triple A owns La Parca. I don't get how they have different can people people can play the same character like that like uh, uh, Sin, Sin Cara yeah example. I was about to say I mean Sin Cara is a prime example of that La Parker too had several championships in AAA throughout the years and he was also a five time winner of AAA's Rea de Reyes tournament so um, again we offer condolences to him his family and his uh, his fans absolutely much love big loss in the uh, Lucha Libre world I I'm not too familiar with his in-ring accident what, what was it what happened no, I couldn't find that either. I, I didn't know about it. And I was trying to find information about it. I just had trouble finding it, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be all over the place. Yeah. So um, we'll find out. I'm sure. That. I'm sure more details will come out. Another news? Another news story that broke 
all over a social media marks page. Oh, yes. Who was embroiled in the sex tape controversy years ago. She was so humiliated. People just were, you know, giving her such a hard time harassing her about this. Well, during a recent interview, Triple H made a joke about how the possibility of Edge and Paige coming out of retirement, saying, well, Edge has kids and probably Paige has some she doesn't even know about. Right. It's not even a funny joke. Not, it's not funny. Okay, it does, and it's a funny joke if you said about Edge. Cause did you did you read it or did you watch it? I read it. I watched it. Okay. Um, oh, okay. That, that's different. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm on I'm on your side on this, by the way. But at the same time, my wife watched it with me too. It seemed like Triple H was already talking about something uncomfortable, so he was desperately trying to find something it? to break the ice. Oh, okay. It was just a failed attempt. Yeah, because I mean, funny because. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like you said about Edge, that would make sense. I'll probably Edge because he doesn't know about it, right? Because that's possible. But, but at the same time, like Paige, her reaction was obviously very strong. She felt a certain way about it, as posted on Twitter. Even my boss jokes about me. No wonder you guys still do it too. People still giving her a hard time about this. Yeah, dude, it's ridiculous, ridiculous. man. Like, get over it. Paige's boyfriend Ronnie Raddock, Radku, I can't pronounce his name. Took the quitter. Took the quitter. Dwayne Shots of Wrestling. Her boyfriend took to Twitter saying, Hey, WWE, you should be embarrassed and ashamed of yourself for letting someone like Triple H run your company and publicly disrespect one of your divas. Biased or not, I hate watching her cry over you, all caps. Hasn't she been through enough? That's very harsh. Very harsh. Very, very harsh. Clearly, he doesn't watch the product. They're not divas anymore. The first thing I thought of. Mm. But yeah, I mean... I mean, Triple H has since apologized Standing to, for his woman. Yeah. to Paige. Clearly, I think he recognized that he was wrong. I mean, Stephanie McMahon and, and Paige were just out together. So you watched uh, it. Is this a bad joke gone wrong or something that was blown out of proportion? A uh, bad joke gone wrong. So you, this, this backlash is warranted? I believe so. Okay. I believe so. Here's the thing. I mean, Paige is already getting shit from it from a lot of other people. And now it's coming from her own... Stupid little trolls with nothing better to do in their lives? Right. And, who probably are fapping to it every fucking day. And, and I'm sure some girls in the back that, that don't like her, and I'm sure like some wrestlers are gossiping as well. Mm. Uh, but, you know, when it comes from your boss, that sends a bad message. You know, I wouldn't feel good about that if I were her, because, you know, if... Oh, Triple H said it, he's my boss, that means I could say it too, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. You know, it, it, it doesn't... It wouldn't sit right with me. I, I, I feel for Paige... Uh, Triple H should not have said it. If Triple H was just another wrestler, then okay. Publicity it may, it might not be as big of a deal. But, you know, Triple H, we all know his role. It's no secret what his role is, is in, uh, in WWE. So he should know his role and shut his mouth. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well played. Thank no, you. but like Triple H, he, I mean, obviously what he's done with NXT and what he's, what he's doing with creative, obviously he takes his role very seriously, but... You know, at the same time, when he's at interviews like this, when he's talking about talent, you know, he he definitely has to be more mindful um, of his role. He, he obviously he knows that because he he apologized right away. He apologized right away. Her father took to Twitter saying it, it, it that was messed up, but it took a big man to apologize and say when he's wrong. Yeah, okay. no respect. Yeah. It seems like no harm, no foul. I mean, like I said, I mean, uh, Paige and Stephanie McMahon were just out at a press tour together. The fun out and. Next week's backstage. Mm, yeah. Make sure you tune into that show. Here are the news. Big history is made over the weekend, Mark, last weekend. Tessa Blanchard won the Impact World 
heavyweight championship. Congratulations to her. That's a big accomplishment. Well, in an update, several female wrestlers are calling her out for using racial slurs <laughs> and bullying. Impact was aware of this when they signed her. According to Dave Meltzer, your best friend, everyone in the WWE knew about the stories and her history, which is what they left uneasy feeling signing her to a deal because of her attitude issues during her 2018 Mae Young Classic appearance. Right. So this is going even then. Right. Impact doesn't care. They're not changing their plans. They're sticking with Tyson as the face of the franchise going forward. She was removed, however, from Heavy Metal Wrestling's Cease and Destroy event that's set to take place on January 24th in San Antonio. Now, apparently, it's all blew up from this tweet. She tweeted, hey, women, try supporting one another. Cool things happen. <laughs> well, that was followed up by Chelsea Green, NXT superstar. You've constantly put down, bullied, and belittled countless female coworkers, including me. Was it Chelsea Green first, or was it... I believe it was Chelsea Green first. Okay. Is that support? Then Kurt NWA Women's Champion Allison Kay added, Remember when you spat in a black woman's face and called her the N-word in Japan? Was that you supporting women? The audacity of this tweet. The reason I've never said anything until now is because it wasn't my story to tell. I made it clear to La Rosa I had her back, and today was a day she gave me permission. You can't force someone to come forward, but you can be there for them. That is supporting women. Well, La Rosa came out. <laughs> Puerto Rican wrestler Black Rose thanking Green and Kay, saying, thank you so much. That story, yes. That happens on Japan 2017. If Tessa Blanchard do not remember it, can I? I am not a mean girl with any coworkers around the world. Be kind of racist is not ridiculous. It's a sickness. <sighs> well, Tessa Blanchard was not taking this mark. She tweeted back. Over the last week, I've been accused of calling a fellow wrestler a racial slur. Treat this allegation has been personally upsetting. To be clear, I absolutely did not use that word. That word is not in my vocabulary. That word is not in my heart. Racism is not in my heart. Yet, I know many people have to deal with racism in a way, and will never ha I will never have to. Racism is an awful part of American history, and it's equally awful that it's still part of our society today. While I do not do what was claimed, I stand ready to use my platform to support the fight against racism however I can. However, it'll take a moment to read this. End scene. Wow. Uh, not necessarily uh, Allison K. clapped back. Did she really? Yeah. Oh, breaking news, Mark. Take it away. <laughs> Our Twitter correspondent. <laughs> I got to find it right now. Hold on. All right. So Allison K. did clap back. She, okay, Ray. She, quote, retweeted Tessa Blanchard's response, which you just read so eloquently. Okay. Thank you, sir. Uh, and she says... You can try to babyface the fans, but the majority of our peers know Rose's story is true, and that's what matters. I really hope that one day the other two witnesses of this incident come forward and further expose you as not only a racist, but a liar and an undeniable scumbag. Oh, undeniable scumbag. That's nice. <laughs> wow. So, there's witnesses. Clearly, this has to be true, then. There's some big conspiracy theory against Tessa Blanchard, then, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, when did this happen? Because isn't. Tessa, I mean, she dated Ricochet, right? Yeah. Who is half black. And... I don't think it says when. Oh, 2017. When did she date Ricochet? I don't know. And then also, isn't it her fiancé, or is it fiancé? She was engaged, just engaged, right? Uh, Daga, yeah, he's a Mexican, I think. Right. So, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, there's no excuse to ever use the N-word. I mean, I listened to Jim Cornette recently make some comments about this. Saying, like, you know, what was the context here? I mean, did did, uh, did they have an altercation in the match? Something went wrong and it forced Tessa to okay. use that, that language against her? Uh, if that's the case, 
I still don't think there's a place to use that word. Okay, I don't feel like a dick about to say that because like maybe she just said the word to invoke a reaction. She didn't use the word, but I guess it's the same thing. So either way, it's fucked up. Fuck. Yeah, it's not a good look I'm for sure her. other things you can say to invoke a reaction out of her. Right. You're lazy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Especially you're a smart, she's a smart woman. I'm sure she could think of something better to invoke. I mean, absolutely. There's no denying. You know, she's a smart, talented woman. Uh, you know, this is just unfortunate to hear about her because I, I actually was I, I was talking to you a couple weeks ago about how big a fan I am of Tessa yeah. Blanchard's work right now. Does it change your opinion of her? It doesn't change my opinion of her in-ring ability and what she's done for the business as far as winning the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. Um, it changes my opinion of her as a person if this is indeed true. So you're saying you can separate the outside ring stuff from the in-ring stuff. I always can, yeah. I can, not even just in wrestling, just far as just like talent and personality. Like acting-wise, Sean Penn, I'm not a fan of him as a person, but I think he's an incredible actor. What's well, big of you, Mark? Because a lot of people can't do that. When it comes to Chris Benoit, you know the news. <laughs> people, have, you know, people have a hard time. To, what happened with his in-ring career? Well, for the first time that I'm aware of, his son Chris opened up about what happened in an interview with Chris Van Vliet, Vliet or Vlay? Vlay, I thought. No, I, don't know. I could be wrong. Got a teacher in high school who's Van Vliet. Uh, Vlay? I don't fucking remember anymore. <laughs> Good job, buddy. He says, and I quote, the news is fucking nonstop. It was either about steroids, 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 or that Nancy Grace joke. It was terrible, man. I couldn't even walk around. I didn't go or even finish school. I was 14 or 15. I didn't finish my finals. I finished high school eventually, but it's not that year. That sucks. Uh, that wasn't him, man. He would just, he would never do that. I know, I know he wouldn't. I think something went terribly wrong. The doctor said it was CTE. At the beginning, that someone gave me closure. He had CTE, so I didn't think that was him. He wanted to say that it was a cruel joke. Uh, he punched a cop right in the chest because he, th- he thought the cop was just fucking with him. And, uh, of course, at the funeral is when it hit him, and that was the hardest day of his life. I can't even imagine what this guy went through. Wow. My, uh, it's, it's good to say he's opening up and we're hearing his side of the story about this whole thing. Actually, before I left the studio for this, uh, my wife was just starting to watch the Aaron Hernandez story. Oh, I want to watch that on, yeah. on Netflix. Because uh, it is fascinating. With CTE, like, it's it's a real thing, uh, the damage that it causes to the brain. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's a good point. I mean, it, it's not the same person that you know and love anymore. Yeah. You know, and Chris Benoit, obviously that was the case. Because, you know, we, we've all heard the stories about how good of a person Chris Benoit was. Mm-hmm. And then this happened. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't add up. It's not the same person. No. I, I feel for that kid, man. I mean, oh, that, that's, not, yeah. that's just tragic. Now he wants to be a professional wrestler? Yeah, he's training, yeah. That's wild. I think we talked about this maybe before year. It was a while ago. I don't see WWE signing him, or unless they give him like a Mike McGillicuddy type gimmick, where it's completely erasing his history. No, that's that's I I can't see them doing that because even still, I mean, we all know. Yeah. We all know that you know um, that that's Kurt Henning's son. Yeah. There's no denying that we're all going to know that's Chris Benoit's son. Kind of looks just like him. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, how how do you hide that? And of course, he make might. him wear a Lucha Libre mask. Well, Mark, something we talked about. Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago, I think, maybe. I don't know. The Crossface movie? The Christian yeah. Wall movie coming out? Yeah. He gave us an update on that. I guess he listened to the show. Shout out to you. Thank you. Back in 2016, it was announced a biopic about Christian Wall called The Crossface was in works. However, plans changed after the director wanted to add a segment about the double homicide suicide. His son said, and I quote, there was a director. We had everything, bro. 
we're going to step in because they wanted to do the tragedy about how it all went down. So we said no. They didn't have our permission. She sent us the script and at the end with the whole murder-suicide. Everything was going to be in it. So we said no. So now they're thinking about making a documentary about his father's life. Mm. But that movie has to include that. Doesn't it? To show it or to elude it? To, uh, I wouldn't show it. I wouldn't show it. You got to mention, like allude to it. Mention it. Like maybe he, or maybe maybe you talk about it at you know at the end of those movies. Oh, the you know, the, the, the yeah. scroll. Maybe you see him like going to bed one day, and then next time we we hear about the news, what happened? Like you don't show what happened. That's I don't know. Even still, I mean, think about. Say you're this kid, right? And this is how your dad went out. Do, do you want that to be in a no. movie? That's why I'm glad no. he had permission for that, and we yeah. put, put an axe to this because why would you want to relive that? No, not at all. I get, I get why he turned it down. Why he said no, but even still, you you want to do a documentary now? How is the documentary not going to bring this up? Well, they're in control. They can help bring it up however they want to bring it up, if they even want to bring it up at all. They it it has up. to be brought up. They can just end the documentary and focus on his life as a father. And the... you're going to have the elephant in the room, really? You're going to talk about Chris Benoit. You're not going to talk about that. Yeah. It has to be talked about. When you talk about Chris Benoit. That's going to come up, or it's just going to be a, a thing that's just hanging. It's like, okay, and <laughs> you know, I mean, don't do anything then. If you don't want the subject to be brought up, and I understand why, then don't do anything with it. Don't have a documentary. Don't have a movie about it. Don't have a book about it. Live your life. Well said. Thank you. You know the news. W is reportedly willing to do everything in their power to stop the revival from leaving. The contracts are coming up very shortly. They've been offered big money deals with fewer dates. They've already turned down $550,000 a year. They did turn that down. Oh, wow. A new offer was reported to be much higher than that, but there's no rush to sign on their part. At his speculation, they trademarked Shatter Machine as a team name for wrestling and merchandising purposes, leading many to wonder if that is something they're going to use elsewhere. Mark, what do you think the revival is going to do? What would you do if you were the re- revival? Well, they're going to get big money no matter where they go. Yeah. I mean, they're either banking the fact that WWE can make them an offer that they absolutely cannot refuse, or maybe maybe it's not even money for them. You know? It doesn't sound like it is at this point. Uh, I don't know. Like As Ted DiBiase says, everyone does have a price. <laughs> you know, it's, if they offer a lot more zeros on there, I mean, how, how can you bat an eye to that? I don't know pride they want to actually wrestle and not be a joke and do what they do best be taken seriously wwe has more of a payroll machine than any other promotion out there right now i mean if if they have the power to do that they can buy out anyone if they really wanted to it seems like they really want to buy out the revival uh but it depends on what the, what the cost is you know, if they really are true to their craft and that's what they want to do, they want to wrestle, you know, there's going to be other promotions that would love to have them. So, like Don Mockley. Don Mockley, they offered big money. He walked away. He walked away. I don't, I'm not saying that's the right or wrong move. It just depends, you know, who you are. They did allude to it on SmackDown, referencing a losing streak. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I know this, this company's not taking us seriously. It's not taking the tag team division seriously. And talking about change and something's going to happen. They were talking about they were about to say something. They got interrupted by a fight between Lacey Evans and Bailey. Yeah, keep in mind. So I mean, that's going to be a storyline going forward. What they do that is scripted. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I'm wondering if that. Oh, are we having another CM Punk thing going on here? I don't think they're big enough for that. 
but you're not they're not big enough for that so why why is wwe offering such big money for a tag team because they're a great they're, tag not, they don't they're lose not big enough name wise like they're not they're not main event players like cm punk was CM Punk was still coming into their Baron Corbin's lackeys at the moment right now. CM Punk didn't really necessarily hit that level until that storyline, though. Interesting look at it. Okay. You know, I'm a big CM Punk fan. I think we know that. Yeah, unfortunately. But, like, you know, just think about CM Punk's career. He had a good career going. I mean, he he won championships. But, like, for him to be at the top level where he was, it was that storyline. So you think the storyline might lead to that? I don't know, man. Like... We said before, it's doubtful that storyline could ever happen again. If it doesn't I mean it was so long ago, it was a decade ago. I mean, yeah. it would be cool to see a different version of that with the revival. I'm not saying that's what it is right now, but it sounds like they're playing on uh, they're blurring the lines a bit here with this. But well, no matter what, the revival is going to come out winners from this, no matter what happens. And one possible landing spot would be AEW, of course. It was announced um, this week. That Warner Media signed the extension deal that will keep AEW Dynamite on the air through 2023, which is huge news. And they might even bring the YouTube series After Dark to television as well. No word given on what night After Dark would air. I told you, man. But I told you this is going to be uh, TNT executive a thing. or Warner Media executive said there's no they don't have an open slot for After Dark, but After Dark is in the name, so probably going to be a late night show. But did I not tell you? AEW is going to be a thing. You, you didn't think it would last in 2023? Uh, oh, I didn't care. Uh, Dave Meltzer is reporting the deal is worth $175 million, around $45 million per year, with the option to renew in 2024 at an increased cost, which will make AEW profitable for the foreseeable future. Hell yeah. Congratulations to them. That's fantastic news. I'm excited for them. You should be. Okay. Listen, man, I mean, that, that's great. It's great for competition. Big news. Big news. Other big news here on the show is we have a new segment, the Hollywood Minute with Marcus Davenport Schwan the Fourth. Take it away. First off, that's not my name. It's Mark. It's cool. No, never no, mind. Don't even it's cool. <laughs> it's Mark Alexander Schwan. Davenport sounds more Hollywood. Marcus Davenport Schwan the Fourth presents the Hollywood Minute. Hollywood, take it away. <laughs> well, according to WWE.com. Uh, WWE Universe knows all about the illustrious sports entertainment career of The Rock. Now they're going to learn even more about his early journey as a youngster. NBC announced that the, what is it called? Young Rock? Young Rock. Young Rock. It's going to be an 11 episode comedy series set to focus on the great one's childhood. All right, you going to watch that? Yeah, I, I've got intrigued there for that. Like Young Sheldon for men. <laughs> right. I wonder who's going to play Young Rock. He is going to be in it, though, The Rock. Is he, he? He did say he's going to be in it. So, Well, he has played his father in the past. Right. That'd be cool if he does that again. That'd be interesting to see. Uh, so soon-to-be WWE Hall of Famer Batista has landed a major role in a new television series for Apple TV+. Plus. That's according to Deadline. Uh, he's going to co-star with Jason Momoa in the hit series C. Huge news for Dave yeah. Batista. Yeah, and for the Roman Reigns lookalike. Uh, it's, it's now a good, it's now the second season. It's created by Stephen Knight, and it's directed by Francis Lawrence. You have Apple TV. Do you watch that show? I haven't seen it yet. I, I just finished watching the morning show. Um, okay. It seems like there's a lot of good content on there, Apple, t- um, Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, there's no word yet, though, on Batista's character, 
Although we do know that this season it's going to feature cast and crew who are blind or have low visions. It's done to help bring um, authenticity to the world. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Good for him. And then in other news in the Hollywood world, The Miz, he's going to be hosting a new USA Network reality competition series. It's going to be called Cannonball. It's going to feature contestants from all over the country competing in different water-based challenges, all for the chance at a $10,000 prize. So the series is going to run for 10 episodes for the first season, and the launch date is set to be announced for the summer. Sounds like a weird show. Like, what water-based challenges? Like, they're going to be, like, fun, stupid, like, Wipeout? <laughs> is it going to be, like, some kind of serious stuff like they do in uh, Ninja, Ninja Warrior? Like, they have to go underwater and hold their breath for a certain amount of time? I don't know why I'm thinking, like, some games from Guts. Yeah, that's what I thought about, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Marcus Davenport Schwan the Fourth. That was your my name. Hollywood Minutes. Cheerio, my friend. Cheerio. Cheerio. Cheers. Pinkies up, just like the throne. Yeah. That wraps up the news, Mark. We have an interview this week. Yes, we do. You look so like glib about it, man. I love this guy. BWF. He won the was it the the was it the Road to Gold? Road to Gold. You should know this. You're a commentator for BWF. You should know what he won. And he doesn't like me. Listen, I'm a big fan of Hank Flanagan. He just recently changed his name. I don't know who that guy is. You know, you don't know who this guy is. Yeah, I've heard of Hank Flanders. I'm curious to see why the name changed. Well, we're gonna find out. Abel, take it away. If you're ready and willing, I'm Abel, and welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, The Interviews. If you're not done so already, make sure you're following us on all forms of social media at A Shot of Wrestling, No A, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also contact us via email at inbox at a shot of wrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on A Shot of Wrestling hotline. Now we say it time and time again that wrestling brings us together and today is no different. Today we are joined by the one, the only, Hank Flanagan. Welcome to A Shot of Wrestling. Thanks for having me. Dude, it's a pleasure to have you and I really appreciate that in this past year we've kind of started developing a friendship between Good old Hank Flanagan and a shot of wrestling. Thanks to our friends at BWF. Yeah, no, it's I really appreciate it. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. You guys have been on the radar, and I've done a lot of podcasts before, and it's a pleasure to do. I've wanted to do it since I was Hank Flanders, and uh, now you got Hank Flanagan on. So same guy, <laughs> same guy, but, uh, you know. Well, when we just started getting into the independent wrestling scene, I remember a moment you were creating in the ring in Uh-oh. HOG. Oh, you no. in a ring with Bret Hart, one of my favorites of all time. And I'm seeing you get into the mix. And I'm like, this is great for someone, you know, in the independent scene to be mixing it up with a legend in the ring. You just had a great presence about you. Your promo skills were on point. You were out there rapping, you know. And as a fan, I was like, yo, this is what wrestling's all about. It's about creating these moments. How did you get that opportunity? I was supposed to work with a gentleman named Joe Smooth. Joe Smooth is a big rap fan, and uh, DNA is a big wrestling fan. 
And Bret Hart, we originally, we tried to get Bret Hart at House of Glory for years. Years we tried to get him, and uh, he's Brian Excel, who runs House of Glory. He's a gigantic Bret Hart fan. Bret Hart is, you know, in the top five. He's, he's right behind Shawn Michaels, literally probably has him in a headlock in the list, you know, and uh, it was just, it was, it was a great opportunity. And funny story enough, I used to go to autograph signings. I would meet Bret Hart. He would be like one of the only wrestlers I would be interested in wow. in meeting. And, uh, you know, I'd be telling him like, hey, man, I, I really want to be a wrestler. When I started training at Hog, he did a, uh, a signing not so far from where you and I live at Royal Collectible. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, hey, listen, I just started training. And one day he said, I hope to see you in the ring. And he did. Wow. And uh, that, that, that moment was a little bittersweet for me because um, I originally wanted to wrestle. But, uh, you know, it's I got to show off my uh, very poor rap skills. Not at all. I thought you were pretty good. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the first um, images that I had of, of you in a ring and doing your thing. And I'm like, he's not that bad. Uh, you know, wrestling, you have to adapt. You have to adapt to anything that's given to you. So and make the best of it. I mean, you could go out there and shit the bed. And, uh, you know, you've seen it time and time again with people on TV, not on TV. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, you could you can you could point them out and who, you know, even though, um, again, like I said, the moment was bittersweet. It was it was uh, it was good to be in there with my hero, my idol. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. uh, it, it was it was it was something else. Is there any other moments in your career so far that stick out to you that have made you to the person and the wrestler that you are today? Oh yeah, um, uh, the Kevin Nash thing. You know when you, when you smacked me. Mm-hmm. Um, wrestling Sonya Strong, wrestling uh, Nikki Heat, being in the ring with Matt Stryker. You know. Um, Getting getting in the ring with Cody Rhodes, not in front of a crowd, but, you know, more of a, a seminar situation. Uh, you know, I got to wrestle up and down the East Coast in the past uh, eight years I've been in wrestling. And uh, it's 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 been a it's been a roller coaster. It's been a roller coaster ride. You know, I got to talk about that big smack from Big Nash. Uh, I feel like your chest cool. has it calloused up at this point, because I feel every time when I saw you early on, your chest was beat red from someone smacking you in the ring. Well, I'm half Irish, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> my mom's Puerto Rican genes did not, uh, did not fester in my chest. I'm, I'm pasty white on my chest, and uh, it's, it's a real easy target for people to want to chop. While we're talking about the physique, the body, you know, that's definitely something that creates the image of a wrestler. Uh, right. You have a few tattoos, and a lot of them are wrestling tattoos. Have you always uh, wanted to put wrestling tattoos on you? Um, yes, and uh, my tattoos mean the world to me because i believe what cm punk says about tattoos tattoos are not decorations they're declarations and i remember the the first wrestling related tattoo i got was after roddy piper had died and um i didn't think roddy piper was going to be the first main you know first person involved in the main event of wrestlemania to die like Mm -hmm. piper although was 61 years old he was he was at the tail end of middle age i he didn't get to live to be an old man and i and i find that um it's, it's an epidemic in our line of work of, of early deaths. And um, Piper definitely made his mark on this uh, in the professional wrestling business and, and acting, too. And, you know, and it wasn't just um, some, some things I take from Piper that that are just not, not just promo wise. I know you, you said nice things about my promos before we got uh, on the air. Uh, just when he walked to the ring, Piper never took his eyes off his opponent. You know what I mean? A lot of wrestlers will go out there and look at the crowd and acknowledge the crowd. And we forget that. You know, wrestling is a combat sport. You know, I feel like it's a combat sport. I mean, we know what it is, but I feel like wrestling is still a combat sport. 
amongst the big three of combat between boxing and mixed martial arts wrestling is a combat sport so and you're in there you're in there you're fighting for money you know like i'm fighting to eat i'm fighting to pay my rent i'm fighting to eventually buy a house i'm fighting to eventually put my kids through catholic school you know what i mean if i'm ever blessed with children it's stuff like that that you know if you want adulation of the audience it's fantastic don't get me wrong but if if that's what you're focused on if that's what your main focus is on instead of the pure competition uh, you know, get into acting, you know, go, go, you know, be a Hollywood movie star or something like that. If you want adulation of an audience, because what I do in the ring should gain adulation of the audience instead of the first thing that I think of. My first thought when I enter a wrestling ring is how am I going to get to the DDT? How am right. I going to hit this guy with the DDT? No, it's true. And um, I learned a lot from you even before you get into the ring. And this is uh, during our time at BWF because you we're one of the first who really came up to when we beginning commentary for that promotion, you came up to us and, and kind of just broke it down. Like, what do you need from me? Like, what information do you need? And, you know, that was eye opening for us new into the business being like, yo, th this is someone who's very focused, who's very passionate, who, you know, definitely has a story to tell in the ring. And he wants to make sure that the people telling the story with their voices, you know, are still able to correlate, you know, the message as you're saying. So thank you for, giving us the time to talk that through because that's definitely something that we do now when we approach others we're like hey just remember that first time you know when hank approached us and we were talking about like what we were going to put together you know that that was awesome so thank you for that well no thank you because wrestling ideally i, I know i just said what about combat sport but wrestling is also a television show right it's a television show about combat sports so you help the audience on television which is a much much wider audience than even if you're wrestling in front of eighty thousand people in wrestlemania right you're wrestling in front of eighty thousand people in a giant football stadium you're still having millions at home watch you on tv and what comes along with your with your fight with your art is the soundtrack to that fight to that art you know whether it be the music or you guys you know it's just like Every move, you know, you have to say why I'm doing this move or, you know what I mean? You have to paint the picture, you know what I mean? Along with calling the action in the ring. And you do that well because in our conversations, just open our eyes to how much you guys really go out of your way to tell the story. Because, you know, in your battles with Marconi there, you know, you were telling us exactly like, hey, you know, I'm really going for this move because of my background with him like you know because of our history together we're gonna go be battling back and forth and i'm trying not to share too much about the backstage stuff but it, it was just very impressive to think of all the small details because that's wrestling fans those are the details that really matter you know it's it's something that could make you stand out it's something that could a fan could go oh he did he did this different or you know what i mean like you know, it's uh, something I've always liked uh, that Shawn Michaels did, especially when um, he was portraying um, a protagonist, right? Mm -hmm. If you really want to get literal about it. He, he would do things that weren't so nice. You know, they were rule breaking. But as, as a kid, I was like, oh, that, you know, he's getting his comeuppance. He's getting what he deserves. You know what I mean? Like he was Bugs Bunny, you know, mm -hmm. it was uh, who <laughs> didn't do the nicest things either, you know, cause right, right. Bugs Bunny. Well, you mentioned also that wrestling is a combat sport. You know, a lot of people consider Absolutely. it a performance. So tell us a little bit more about that. Um, 
you know, wrestling is, is a combat sport with the guise of performance art, right? Like, we know it's performance art, but it's still a combat sport performance art, if that makes any sense, right? Because at the end of the day, you're still going to see two guys beat each other up, and you're going to see a winner and loser, right? There has to be a winner or loser of us, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. You know, it, it, wins and losses matter so much that even, even if a guy on television has lost and say he gets fired from his job, if he goes back to the indies, the regular casual fan, you know, like, you know, the families that go, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he's a loser. You know what I mean? He'll be branded as a loser. You know, you don't want to be branded as a loser. So wins and losses matter. You know what I mean? They should, they should matter. And, uh, you know, with, with the advent of UFC, you know, especially back when Tito and Chuck were fighting, you know, that that was it was pro wrestling. Tito Ortiz was originally a pro. You know, he originally wanted to be a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he got you know, he was he was a fantastic amateur wrestler. And then he saw um, Tank Abbott and, t- you know, he got hooked up with Tank Abbott. And then you know, uh, Tito and Chuck were the first faces, real, real faces of the UFC on its own brand, on the merit of its own brand. Now, in this year where you see a lot of translation between strikers in the UFC coming into the performance of the WWE and vice versa, you know, do you see yourself in the future maybe getting into an octagon? It's a, it's a goal, getting in the boxing ring, getting in an octagon. It's it's definitely a goal. Maybe, I, I don't know how far it'll take me, but it's it's absolutely a goal. I love I love fighting. You know, I, I'm just made to be a fighter. You know what I mean? Uh I was never interested in sitting at a desk or even if I worked construction, I'd want to work in demolition. You know, you're fighting the building, <laughs> you know, um, firefighting, you know, that's, that's a fight too. You know, it's like, uh, it's the only other dream I, I had aside from fighting is, is being a fireman, you know, that's fighting a building. I'm just made, I'm just made to fight. You know, I'm made to, I'm made to fight. I've been blessed with a big mouth and the urge to want to fight, you know, whether it's verbally, physically, and these guys in the UFC understand that, Although you're, you're getting rocked in the face and there's serious injury that comes with that, you know, it's also entertainment. You know, people, you know, people want to see a story. People want to see, you know, it's like, again, we'll, we'll just go right back to Tito and uh, Chuck. You know, the, the story was it was Tito was this brash California surfer kind of bro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Tito, you know, Chuck was this hard nosed, you know, blue collar, no nonsense kind of guy. And they used to train and one time Tito kicks his ass and then, you know, but. So you don't get it's a storyline. You could easily, you could easily. We're discussing storyline right now. Right, right. You mentioned you. I mean, we've seen it. You have a big mouth, um, and you were raised to fight. So tell us a little bit about your adolescence. Like, were you a bad kid? Did you get into a lot of fights? I, I didn't. I wasn't a bad kid. Like, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't like. I grew up during. Um, we're both from New York City, and um, this is a very. You know, we're going to touch on a social topic here, but. I'm uh, I'm half Irish and, and half Latino. My mom's Puerto Rican. My dad's from Ireland, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I grew up during the height of stop and frisk. And uh, I was not stopped or frisked at all. You know what I mean? Maybe it's the color of my skin. I don't I don't know what it is, but I've never, you know, I I got I did my fighting in school okay. with the ba- you know with the bad kids. You know, I've been suspended numerous times from school for for fighting, and you know I, I would get into fights with kids on the block, and but I, I was never going out there and and trying to like sling rock or anything like that. I was, right. I was, just, I was just scared yourself. to do anything. Yeah. I was defending myself, you know what I mean? Whether yeah. it was like my, it was my mouth or because I, you know, by the time I was 14, I was, I was six foot two, you know, like maybe it was that, it was that reason or, you know, you know, maybe I've been blessed with a nice face and some guy's girlfriend and, you know, <laughs> 
well, whatever. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, or just some just some guy who's just looking for a fight. Like, hey, you're looking at me a funny way. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know, the, the, it's New York. Then boom, here. Yeah, it's New York. It's just you know, just bumping into somebody. It's like boom, here. You know, and it's and that's what it is. And uh, you know, I've 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 lost my you know, and then you, you know, as you know, you go out drinking, you you know, you're in a you know, I thought I was Conor McGregor sometimes, you know, and uh, I've. Uh, <laughs> I can you know, see I can some similarities, my... actually. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I, I could bend my nose a certain way because, uh, you know, my, my mouth wrote checks and my ass couldn't cash. And, uh, you know, you, you learn, you learn, it's, it's all growing pains. But, you know, uh, Kevin Nash actually said, um, he was saying something about writers when writing came into wrestling. It's like these guys are writing a show about sex and violence to guys who don't get laid and never been in a fight, you know, and uh <laughs> It's a, and I'm not saying I'm Mr. Big Tough Guy or anything like right. that. It's just this is this is just uh, and a lot of people a lot of people had that growing up, especially in a, in a large city like this of 10 million people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're bound to. It's just just frustrating me right now because it's like uh, we have this anti-bullying campaign out right now about talking it out. And don't get me wrong, talking it out is a great way to resolve your problems. But sometimes uh, a straight left to the jaw would also also solve those problems too. I'm not saying that's the first. You know, way to go to, but you know, if somebody ever puts their hands on you or violates your personal space, right? I'm a firm believer in uh, teaching that guy a lesson. Absolutely. You know, when I was in my early late teens, early twenties, I'd watch John Wayne movies, and you know, like I, I would, I would get drunk, and John Wayne was always kicking ass. But I seem to forget that John Wayne also was like, "Hey, listen, buddy," like, eh. and then the guy wouldn't stop, and then John Wayne, <laughs> John Wayne had to teach him a lesson. Right. No, absolutely. You when know, was the last we, time that you remember that your mouth got you in trouble? Hmm. Probably a couple of weeks ago. Really? Probably, what happened? Oh, I can't even remember. But um, sometimes I, I have this problem of talking before I think about the repercussions. Because sometimes you, you forget that people also don't like to hear the truth. Also, the truth could also be what you think is the truth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your opinion, your opinions aren't just warranted. And I said to, to a friend of mine, and, and this person got upset. And I, I called later to apologize. And I was like, hey, listen, you know. I said, oh, what I said had upset you, and I didn't want to upset you, and I apologize. You know, it's that's that's all through going. You know, that's like physically. The probably the last time my mouth got me in trouble was probably in my early twenties. You know. Well, you're maturing. Like 21, 20. You're maturing. You're at least approaching it in a, in a sensible way, where you know you realize maybe you hurt your friend's feelings, and you you went back into apologizing. In wrestling, you know, a lot of times when you're evolving, you're maturing, and a lot of changes Listen, happen. If if you say something in wrestling that somebody doesn't like, most likely that's that, that costs you money. That costs you work. No, absolutely. I mean, that, that's that's what that costs you. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe you have the odd guy who's a real tough guy, but most most likely it's 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 we don't want to work with this person, you know. And then uh, you know, then all of a sudden you're begging for work. So no, definitely. Uh, in the last few years, I've seen more and more that this business, the foundations of it is based on a lot of respect. It's based on um, a lot as much as people are out there to try to get themselves. So it's, it's, it's a very team oriented kind of sport when you think about it. Absolutely. It's a huge team oriented sport. It's, you know, uh, you know, we, we all have to work together. We're all trying to make, you know, the goal in wrestling to me is to make money and be on television. And a lot of guys have lost sight of that fact. You know, it's just like, you know, um, I was told by a very intelligent person in this line of work, it's just like, do you want to chase 50 to 100 bucks or do you want to make millions of dollars? You know? Right. It's the choice. The choice is yours. And 
usually at the end of the day. Most of the time, you could you could figure, especially if you if hey, listen, if you if you don't grow and don't change, you know, like you you will stay where you're at. You know, people I mean, people scratch their heads like, oh, what well, you know, something has to change. Whether it's uh, say say you're six five and two sixty five, you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's that's a bag of money written all over him, right? And right. if he's working and if he's working the indies for ten years, you know, it's either you're not talented, which is very rarely the case, right? Or if you've done something to make somebody upset, you know, mm-hmm. and it co- and it costs you something, you know, you never know who's in that crowd. And while we're talking about those changes of be- difference between making fifty to a hundred to making millions, you know, one of the changes that you recently went through, uh, the way you explained it to me was also. In a, in a way to make those millions down the road. Your name change is something of very recent and it's part of your evolution. So fill us in on what made you change it. And then, but also, you know, from the beginning, how did you choose your original name in the ring? Well, I'm a huge fan of CM Punk. And uh, when I went to wrestling school, it was uh, the summer of Punk WWE edition. Mm-hmm. Good years. Oh, excellent years. And, um, I picked out my WrestleMania entrance and all the songs I was going to use. And you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, those, those fantasies you have, especially when you're really, you know, young, dumb, full of, uh, full of vigor. So I was like, I want to name like, uh, I want to name like CM Punk. All right. So I was like, all right, I was, I originally was GH Flanders. GH is from King of the Hill. Cotton okay. had a son, uh, you know, we named him uh, Hank. And then he had another son uh, years later, a baby at, when he was elderly and he, he named his son Good Hank. So I was going to be GH, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be good Hank. And I was like, I I wanted to be Simpson, right? But everybody knows the Simpsons. And I was too dumb to realize that people would also know Flanders, right? Right. And I was, I was like, you know, I was going to be like, I'm going to be GH Flanders, right? And I was GH Flanders for a long time. And then it was Hank Flanders, right? And and good became like my boxing nickname, nickname, you know, like, or or my my MMA nickname, like, you know, notorious Conor McGregor, or like, you know, I was good Hank Flanders, right? And I had a conversation with Mr. Gangone years ago. We, uh, we went to Georgia Diner on Queens Boulevard. and uh, Great establishment. Fantastic, especially late at night when you're Hell yeah. looking for chicken <laughs> and waffles or, or a burger. And um, he uh, he actually hurt my feelings, not, not purposely. He didn't say I was dumb or an idiot. And Anthony Gangone is one of the smartest minds in this line of work. In, the, in this business, Anthony Gangone is is top notch. You know, everybody's going to know who he is very, very, very soon. You know, it's a, he deserves every good thing that he gets. And I'm not just saying that because you know he's he's my friend and I he's my brother and I love him. I'm saying that because it's the truth. It's uh, talk about someone who me, pays attention to the details, also. Oh, without a doubt, every meticulous. single sm- meticulous, right? And. He he said, um, you know, Hank Flanders is not a mark. And this is when we were still at House of Glory. He's like, Hank Flanders is not a marquee name. And it hurt my feelings. Like he like he was talking about me, but he was saying like, if I change my name, like you know, like Hank wasn't the problem. It was the Flanders part of the problem, you know. Mm-hmm. And Hank Fl- Flanders will sit at second or third match in the middle of the card forever. But Hank Flanagan, you could put, you know, and Flanagan's an Irish name. And it's it's a family name. And you could put that on a poster and sell it to somebody, you know, Flanders, mm-hmm. people look at it and they like, I could see the question marks in their head. Right. And I've, I've said, you know, I've, I've told That's people true. my, my, my ring name and, you know, even people outside the business. And I was like, Hank Flanders, and they would question, it was like, it's a stupid name, isn't it? And it was like, yeah. And they were nice to me. It's like, but it works. And I was like, I was like, Oh, I appreciate that. Right. Uh, my cousin Mark in Ireland, we, we spoke about it before I made the official, made the official announcement. Uh, it was like, 
I love it because it's you. And uh, I understand how it means something to you because you've I've built a lot of equity into the name. You know, you could you could search Hank Flanders on YouTube and stuff will come up. I built right. equity into the name. Uh, you know, it's it means something to me. But did I want to stay? I'm a marquee wrestler, period. Now, does my does my name say marquee? And it doesn't, unfortunately. And it took me a long time. Growing pains. It took me a long time to realize that. So now that you have Flanagan as a family name, what are you going to be evolving into that name in the upcoming months, years? Oh, you see, that'll, that'll all come with time. Because how I feel with the way I always portrayed myself, the name now matches the person you see. Have you ever been to Ireland? Several times. I'd love to work for OTT. What else from your Irish background would you incorporate into your persona? And are you also planning to incorporate a little bit of your Puerto Rican background? I think if you look at me, I think it's incorporated already. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I wear a kilt. You know, it's 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 it's, it's who I am. You know, I, I'm from New York. You know what I mean? I'm an Irish Puerto Rican from New York, and it's just like that's exactly how I would act in in regular life. You know, and uh, it's it's. My person, you know, every time I, I come out or you, 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 I present something to you, it's not too different from the guy speaking to you right now. You mm -hmm. know, it's, 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 yeah, me turned up to 11. Anthony again once said, he goes, I think Hank is a, you know, is a toned down version of you, <laughs> you know, and it's, um, it's, it's, no, I, I, have, I have no problem, you know, and that's the thing. I have no problem with who I am as a person, where I'm from and, you know, uh, my background, my ethnic background, I've never had a problem with that. Um, in fact, I, I think when it, when it comes down, when, when people just make their ethnicity who they are, you know, not to say that Conor McGregor's like Conor McGregor is a perfect example. He's from Ireland. You know, he's from Ireland, right? He, he like, he, he makes a good point of it, but it's the sum total of who he is. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I see a lot of and, and wrestlers, especially Puerto Rican wrestlers do this a lot, you know, and uh, it's just like they make their entire persona who they are. You know, where that's that's not there's so much more that uh, Latino wrestlers, I, I believe Pratt and Pratt will do this. Absolutely. You know? I, the reason I feel that wrestlers really use their ethnicity as something that they promote is because it's so identifiable. You know, anybody oh, could see Santana and Ortiz and be like, all right, these are, you know, Puerto Rican guys, you know, grew up in, in New York, you know, and you could just see that just visually looking at them. But you know, when you dig a little deeper and when you hear them talk and when you hear and you see them move, then it's like you start peeling the layers to who they are. But I think in yeah, wrestling, it's, it's a big visual. It's a lot visual. So you have to be able to hit home like who you are just by looking at you. Exactly. And I feel like like just the way I cut my hair, you know what I mean? The way I, the way I talk, I'll turn it up a little bit, you know, when I'm when I'm talking, you know what I mean? And uh, it's uh, and I speak that way when I get angry, too. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not hard for me to do. And it's I, I know I'm having I'm a little jumbled explaining right now, but being uh, an Irish Puerto Rican guy from New York, you know, like it's not the sum total of who I am, but it's a gigantic part of who I was. And my name just didn't reflect that. You know, my name was, was a very cartoony name and I wasn't portraying myself as a cartoony type of fighter, cartoony type of wrestler. And um, I've done some cartoony things, but that's not, that's not who I am, you know? And I, a lot of people have been very positive. You reacted very positively to this change. You know what I mean? It's a good change. It makes me feel good. It, it's a it's it's positive all around, and a lot of reasons why I'm doing making the rounds on podcasts and radio right now, so people know, you know, a lot of New York wrestling fans, 
listen to shows like this. It's important for, especially the, the you know, because people people will attach something to you for a long time. And a lot of times, you're, like, you can talk about a lot of people out there, and especially men, where we're known by our last names. People wouldn't call me by my last name because it just, it just wasn't vibing. And, you know, for a while, it just wasn't vibing for me. And, you know, your name is, it's, 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 it's who you are. You know, it couldn't be the man with no name, you know? No, yeah, and I appreciate what you are doing. And anybody who, one, just steps into the ring and starts creating the persona or a brand, you know, that's step one. But then I always appreciate and respect when a wrestler then begins to evolve and come into their own. So that's why when I saw you, I was like, yo, I'm very happy about your your name change, you know, because you're willing to take that risk. You're willing to put yourself out there. And it's, it's very relatable. Like, I see it. It makes sense. It clicks. It works. So rolls off the tongue. It's like I, I can't stay in the second or third match on the show. I just can't, I can't, you know, it's like, um, I have so much more to give. What are know? those, uh, marquee matches that you're looking forward to now in 2020 now as Hank Flanagan, uh, Robbie Eagles again, I wrestled him once at house of glory under the Hank Flanders band, uh, you know, the moniker of Hank Flanders. He's, he's killing it in Japan right now. Uh, Zack Sabre jr. Is another marquee wrestler that i would like to step in the ring with um brian pillman jr you know i'm a big fan of his father that'd be a good match and, uh the nwa is 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 on fire right now and i would like to apply my talents there uh jordan devlin david Starr, you know oh there's there's so many um alex zane is another is another quality worker i would like to step in the ring with brother greatness tj marconi i will see again uh and uh anthony gangone who i will be wrestling very soon i could i could see us uh being uh you know, Arturo Gaddy and Mickey Ward. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned him earlier as someone who's giving you advice. And, you know, we always say, you know, wrestling brings us together. Who else in the wrestling business are you grateful that because of wrestling, they were brought into your life? Oh, uh, Mark Quinn, who's a great friend of mine, brother greatness, Smiley, Isaiah Cassidy, also from Private Party. You know, there's, there's a lot of this. Uh, TJ Marconi, you know, these guys that were kids, you know, I love Darius Carter. Master Slamovich, I really enjoy. She's she's someone to look out for. She's gonna blow up very very soon as well. Um, Dominic De Niro, Dominic, I'm, I'm a big fan of him. You know, uh, he he's a good he's a good person. You know, uh, again that that's a guy that's gonna blow up soon. There was a there's a lot of guys. Um, I I didn't. It was a shame I didn't get into the room with Matt Travis. That that's that's something that's something that's uh that sucks. Uh, I didn't get uh, God rest his soul. I, I didn't get in the ring with Matt Travis. He was he was he was a good man, good talent. And uh, I miss him dearly. You know, it's a, it's a shame what happened. And um, but there, there's a lot of there's a lot of good people in wrestling. There was a there's a lot of good people that I, that have surrounded. You know, Matt Stryker really helped me out. In uh, what Jake way? Snake Rock. Um, Matt Stryker and I uh, uh, wrestled once, and um, I emailed him years later to to thank him because maybe I was too young and, and too naive and stupid to really see outside of the box and and i emailed him one day and um he's like yeah and then i actually spoke to him. he's like yeah thank you. he's like thanks for the nice email and i actually uh followed up when i got to see him like a year later and he was like you know you're gonna be just fine and he was like you are gonna be just he's like you know how i know you're you're a decent human. it was really nice for him to say how oh, you're a decent human being it's just like how many years did you write me that email like a year ago and you're here right now talking to me about it it's just like another good another good soul in this line of work mm-hmm. striker, another good another good soul you know, and then the promoters, uh, Hokeem, the promoter for uh, Battle Club, you know, gave me a shot. You know, uh, 
and of course, uh, my, tr- you know, my trainer, you know, amazing red and, uh, you know, Brian Excel who gave me the canvas for, for years. Um, how is the training, uh, at HOG? Oh, it was, it was, it was the best. It was, it was, it was hard. It was grueling. Um, he demanded everything from you. It was, uh, it, it's, I recommend that school to anybody. It's the best, it's the best school in the country. Anybody out there doing anything should give a uh, 110% at anything they do. I always had a hard time doing that when I, I felt like my heart wasn't in it, you know, or, or it's just like, what's the point? Or like, this is what, what God put me on earth to do. You know, that that's just me personally. But if you're out there and you're doing something, give it, give it, give it your all, put your heart and soul into it. And if you don't go find something that you can put your heart and soul into. February 28th is right around the corner. I'm excited to see this match between you and Gangone. What else do you have as far as goals or on your bucket list for 2020? Money and television. It's only January, you know what I mean? It's, uh, you, you know how things could change from day to day, let alone month to month or an entire calendar year. So true, so true. I, I don't know if it's because meeting a lot of you guys and kind of understanding your perseverance and seeing how within a matter of months could be in one spot and then in a, in a couple other months be in a completely different spot. You know, I always stand true to, you know, what you are today doesn't necessarily have to be who you are two months from now, three months from now, or even a year. You know, if you want to change and if you want to be something better, a better version of yourself, go for it. Exactly. And this, this is not just wrestling stuff. This is this is life stuff. Leroy yeah. Green. Sorry, Leroy Green. I forgot to mention Leroy Green for years, a, a hidden talent. And now everybody knows everybody knows who Leroy Green is, as they should. Well, Hank, I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot more of you in the upcoming months. If we want to continue this journey with you into your future, where can we follow you on social media? I'm good. Hank Flanagan on Instagram. Follow me, ladies. Uh, G Hank Flanagan on Twitter and just type in Hank Flanagan on your search bar on Facebook and shoot me a friend request please no weirdos <laughs> I don't know if we could guarantee that but no yes. you cannot <laughs> but definitely give this guy a follow um, and thank you so much for spending the time today talking to us man oh uh, no it's my pleasure Hey, this is Hank Flanagan. I would like to thank you very much for listening to my interview with The Shot of Wrestling. And if you want more of The Shot of Wrestling podcast, listen to them every Monday on Spotify.com. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. We're both two Irish guys from Queens. I don't know what his problem with me is in the first place. But good interview. Hank Flanagan. Absolutely, absolutely. Nothing but respect for Hank Flanagan. That that guy, seriously, I mean, he's he's going to have a big year at BWF, and no matter which promotion he goes to, lots of big things I see happening for him. Mark, you watch TV this week? I watched some. Just get right into it. Raw. All right, cool. Finally, a solid, unified faction on the main roster. Hmm. Okay, how many years have I been doing these factions of three? Right. Teams of three. Now we got a team of four. I mean, Undisputed Era has been killing it in NXT. But now on the main roster, we got this actual faction and this cool, weird, cult-like type angle they're going with here. Yeah, Seth Rollins being the messiah of Raw. He definitely fits that role so well. Yeah. And a uh, great addition with Buddy Murphy. It gives him something to do and like to have like that following. And not for nothing, I mean, AOP and Buddy Murphy, they're 
great in their own right, but they can learn a lot. Yeah. A lot from Seth Rollins. And it's going to elevate their careers even more. Kind of in the sense like how Cody Rhodes uh, and Legacy, what it did for him. Batista and Randy Orton. Right. Yeah, this can only be positive things here. I was tired of seeing Buddy Murphy lose to Alistair Black. He's too good to lose like this. Yeah. Now it makes sense. Hopefully this is just elevating him to the next. Mm -hmm. Which obviously it is. Yeah, he's being saved from Seth Rollins. But it also did remind me he was sitting there all dejected from losing again. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how quickly Anakin Skywalker turned to the dark side and killed Mace Windu? Yeah. I remember watching that. I'm like, that was way too quick. And this was a little too quick, too, for Money Murphy just popped up in the low blow big show. A little too quick. Maybe I would like to see maybe drag on to next. I mean, I guess the concept was. I mean, not for nothing. But it's not like Buddy Murphy was a face. He wasn't performing mm-hmm. as a face. That's true. I, I could understand if he was, the why you would say that, but it's, it's it wasn't so out of the realm. For him to do something like that. Do you think there'll be more followers? I wouldn't mind seeing more followers. I don't mind it either. I don't, don't get too big. Maybe add a couple more people. Maybe add a, add a woman. If they kept it to like how... The add Ruby Riot. Oh. Give her something to do. She's coming back soon, right? Oh, yeah. That would be, be a good one. Thank you. You know, like keep it the way how the Ministry of Darkness was. Not necessarily the oh, corporate okay. ministry, yeah. but the Ministry of Darkness. Like That was like a good amount of people in there. Uh, not not too crazy. When it got to be the, the corporate mystery, that was a little too nuts. Yeah. Which, I, you know what? Not for nothing. I still thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was fucking really cool. But they weren't NWO when they got too big. Yeah. They were big, but... but not, were... not for nothing, though. NWO overstayed their welcome when they were too big. Mm-hmm. You know, corporate mystery, when they were too big, it wasn't for too long. That's true. So it, that worked out. We'll see. We'll see what happens with it. I, I, I wouldn't mind to see like a bigger group. It's been such a long time since we've seen something like that. And they have enough people on the roster to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I watched NXT. Mm-hmm. Pretty good show. Yeah. It's funny how we talked about last week how the lack of depth and the lack of really interest in the AEW women's division. But yet, NXT, you have a, what, 20-woman battle royal? Yeah, Talk about man. depth. Oh, my God. It, it's Wow. They've got so many women have a stack on that roster. roster. For NXT, yeah. Yeah, for them. WWE in general, they have such, such a, a large woman roster. They they could have their own division for sure. But yeah, I feel like we see the same four women in title picture. Yeah, because they really build along anyone else. They, they need to do a better job of committing to the other women to make them more well-rounded. Yep. Yeah, but uh, it's great to see um, Mercedes. Mercedes Martinez. My girl Santana Garrett, who I both met the same night at the PWF show. Not PWF, BCW show. Now they're here on the NXT. Awesome. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. They look great. They always look great. You know what I mean. On the main on uh the main show. That's what I meant. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm just you're saying, a, buddy. You're a perv. Oh, me. You're I'm disgu- the perv. Disgu- I'm talking about the in ring work. You're talking about the looks. They're women, Mark. Marcus Davenport, Swan the Falls. Yeah, yeah. That Marcus Davenport is a real creep. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who he is, though. I watched Impact, the fallout from their hard to kill. No fallout whatsoever. They just show clips of the pay-per-view and they sit down and interview with the new champion, Tessa Blanchard. They kind of dropped the ball there. I figured the whole world might, might tune in to see how they're going to f- follow this and it was just a five-minute interview at the end of the show. And that's why impact is impact. Kind of thought they dropped the ball there. Yeah. Smackdown. Mark, I'll let you have this one because you haven't said anything. Because you, y- y- you haven't asked me. 
You haven't asked me anything. Since when do I need to ask you? You always jump in and cut me off every chance you get. God, then I keep going then. Smackdown. No, I'll, I'll, let me speak. Let me shoot my shot, man. Jesus Christ. You're grumpy tonight. I don't know what's I'm, I'm grumpy. I gave you a new segment. I'm never your, your, grumpy. Your own chance to shine on the show, and now you're being grumpy. You should be thanking me. How? Can someone back me? Call in right now if you think I'm being grumpy, please. Thank you. 619-343-3005. Or shout out wrestling no way across all social media platforms. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Lazarus. Thank you every single episode. <laughs> so my TV takedown, actually, for SmackDown. Uh, I want to talk about John Morrison, dude. Again. Okay. I'm talking about him again. Yeah. Uh, because Worth it. Okay. Not for nothing. I mean, it was the first time we're actually seeing in-ring action in WWE in, what, eight years? Again, people that eat clearly listen to this show, which we have proof of. So I said, John Morrison didn't look that great last week. He comes out, freshly dyed hair. <laughs> yeah. Like, looking like, look like John Morrison. I'm like, this guy looks good. Okay. Right. Like, eight-pack abs. Oh, jeez. He's 40. Yeah. I, I had to look it up. My wife... Who doesn't regularly watch the product was watching with me. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> and she's like, "Who is this guy?" Mm-hmm. Should be watching a lot more often. Oh, absolutely, time. absolutely. It's like, oh, he's he's John Morrison. She's like, oh, my God, he looks great. Look at those abs. Mm-hmm. Those are washboard. That's the definition of washboard uh, washboard abs. And I was like, you know, not for nothing. He's forty. I had to double check. Oh. And she's like, no, stop, stop. So it got to a commercial break. I was like, you know, this guy he does parkour. I was telling her a little bit about him. Does parkour? I showed him a, I showed her like the Royal Rumble clips. She's like, what? What? He looks exactly the same. I was like, you know, wow, holy shit, he does look exactly the same. Yep, as he did. And then the finisher. Oh, yeah. The Starship of Pain. Yeah. She was, I dude, I saw my wife's jaw drop to the floor. Oh, she was pressed. Oh. She was like, "What? What? What was that? What? What?" She said, "Corey, Corey, can we see that again?" <laughs> oh, no, he did it first time I've seen it. No hands. He jumped on the second rope yeah. and he jumped up and used not using his hands. I'm like, wow, that's impressive. This man missed the mark. That's what I thought you were going to talk about. But okay, no, dude. I mean, not for nothing. I mean, that's that's a hard move to do, and he did it with like such velocity. It's so fast. Talking about John Martin last week. Yeah, you mentioned how you liked his flip. He did. And he still kept his sunglasses on. And then he did the same flip from the top rope going to the outside. I know. Damn. The dude's 40. Aren't you worried about like blowing a knee or an ankle? Every time, dude. Every time we was like a roll through or whatever, the way he landed, I was like... And I was really trying to think about it. Do you remember him ever really getting seriously injured? No, I don't believe I have. I don't believe... I, the, the same as... Yeah, I know. I'm not going to too. The same as like Seth Rollins? No, no. I don't believe so. No. Maybe that parkour training helps? Oh, absolutely, man. Get the limbs and ligaments used to bending a certain way, maybe. So, long story short, um, my wife is never going to meet John Morrison because she's probably going to leave me for him. <laughs> is, is he her hall pass? <laughs> you know what? Sure. Why not? Who's your hall pass? I, I got to I gotta ask her about that. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the show, right? Every now and then. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, no, I mean, it was cool to see John Morrison. Um, hell of a job, dude. Uh, that was a great way to welcome back. Yeah, make his comeback here to WWE. So good job for him. And I also want to talk about uh, Daniel Bryan. Great promo from him. Fiery backstage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of emotion, and uh, I definitely felt it from him. And that's awesome to bring back the strap match. Yeah, it's old school. Dude, I haven't seen a good strap match since 
When? Who doesn't want to see two guys with strap-ons? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, that's going to be a hell of a match with, between Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan. Under yeah. the bright red lights. Hopefully not under the red light. It's going to be red lights. It most likely will be. Uh, at the Royal Rumble. Old school match. It's going to tell a hell of a story. I- I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm looking more forward to the Royal Rumble than I was before. Because of the strap balance. Well, usually I the only thing I focus on for Royal Rumble pay-per-views is just the Royal Rumble itself. Yeah. It's like a lot of gimmicks, too. you got the strap match. you got the Falls Can Anywhere match now, which is going to be cool at the baseball stadium. Mm, that's that's right. I didn't even put two and two together for that. Same thing with Miz and uh, Shane McMahon going all over WrestleMania, MetLife yeah. Stadium. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that one. No, it's going to be a fun Royal Rumble. Looking forward to it. Speaking of fun Royal Rumbles, Mark, you ready to get into our three count? Yeah. That wasn't that wasn't believable. Well, okay. If you if we want to talk a little bit more about something here. I was like, I thought we were going to go into our three count, but okay. <laughs> you're going to do the three count with doing the three count. No, that's fine. What are we going to talk about, Mark? The floor is yours. So the floor is yours. You, talk, you watched Raw. Yep. What, what did you think of the Bobby Lashley and Rusev angle there for that? Oh, uh, that was okay. You heard what Corey Graves is talking about, right? Yeah, he wrote the part. Tweets. Yeah. I didn't really have a problem with it. Like I said, what, I, think I'm, I think I'm different because I don't watch things to critique them. Mm-hmm. I was watching, sit back, like, oh, let me see what happens. But I'm not like, okay. Was it really crickets in that match? Was he exaggerating? I don't. Well, yes, he was exaggerating. There wasn't crickets. Mm. But it was quiet. Wow. Yeah. That's not good, man. That's a major storyline they've been pushing for so long. But maybe people were pissed off because last week, Liv Morgan says she's going to be in the corner of Rusev. There was no Liv Morgan until she came out for the last two minutes of the match. Mm. Like, what's going on here? I thought she was going to be at ringside. Now, Corey Graves is also talking about how he feels that they wasted Liv Morgan. That it's, This is going to ruin her. I can't say that. We'll find out. As of right now, how how can you not agree with that? Well, I've seen her more on TV than I have in the past months, this year, last year. Right, but it's it's kind of like the same when Emma came back. No, that was different. Different? Because she didn't agree with the storyline. She didn't really want to do it. Yeah, but like, what what's going on here? I mean, where does Liv go from here? Someone we'll that had out. a lot of potential. We'll find out. I'm, thinking, I'm not going <sighs> to waste know, my man. time speculating because I don't know. So I'm like, let's sit back, relax, see what happens. All right. I mean, it's gone. It's, enjoy the ride, buddy. Enjoy the ride. It's going to need a lot of work for her. And I, I want the storyline to end soon, man, because it's honestly, it's I've said time and time again, it's overstated. It's welcome. You got two months left. It's going, to, it's going to Mania, buddy. It's got to go. It's got to go. Speaking of going, so do we. So let's come back with our three count. It's time for the three count. Hey, Mark, you ready for a three count? We're going to talk about our top three Royal Rumble moments. This is hard, man. This is really hard. Really hard. So there might be some overlapping because we hit, last week we did our favorite Rumble matches, mm-hmm. which are big moments. Yeah. Oh, no, our favorite Royal Rumble winners, it was. Winners, that's right. Okay. Yeah. But in describing that, we just talked about moments. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not necessarily just for the match itself. It's for Royal Rumble, the event. The show. Uh, the yeah. show, all together. Yes. Dude, this is really tough. So I, I think I told you we could pick the attitude error, because you don't, clearly don't know what, say what moments mean. <laughs> but I'm going to let that go now. Marcus, this flow is yours. All right, so my number three moment. I swear to God, if anyone's similar, there's no way you have anyone not on my list. I'm just letting you know. Go ahead. All right, so my number three is from the... Actually, I think all three are actually from the Royal Rumble match itself. 
AJ Styles, his debut. Okay. I heard rumors that this could be happening. I was like, there's no way, though. There's no remember way. That? Remember that when the, the Bullet Club's coming to WWE? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, dude. And just like the music and how it happened, just everyone's reactions. I think Roman Reigns was in the ring. His reaction was, uh, was pretty genuine, it looked. That was an awesome moment. It was such a cool moment to see AJ Styles finally making his debut in WWE in the Royal Rumble, no less. And he kicked ass in there. Oh, we talked about it last week how he's been a champion more times than he's not been in WWE. Yeah. He's never been in Royal Rumble since. I think he's always been in the title picture somewhere. Yeah. So that's he might, true. Might be back in the Rumble again. Oh, man, that'd be great. And not for nothing, that music awesome. fits him so well. It's probably one of the best themes in WWE right now. Which was meant for. James Storm. Was it meant for James Storm? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Until he didn't sign. Wow. Redneck stuff. Yeah, sure. Like I said, it fits AJ perfectly. I would love for uh, James Storm to come back to WWE. Reunite Beer Money? Oh, I would love that. There's nothing more I would love to see Beer Money in WWE. What a great gimmick that was in TNA. Oh, it'd be so cool. My number three. Royal Rumble 1998. Cactus Jack enters number one, fights with his good buddy Chainsaw Charlie. Remember that? Yeah. Ten minutes later, ten minutes these guys go at it. Chainsaw eliminates Cactus Jack. Mankind comes out at number 16 and eliminates Chainsaw Charlie. Right. Well, two minutes later, Goldust eliminates Mankind. Who's number 28 but dude love? (laughs) What just happened here? Right. What a a stupid, silly, kind of fun... Turn of events. It, it was worked. Awesome. It worked perfectly. They did it, executed it masterfully. Awesome. Well done. Only Mick Foley <laughs> can do three characters in one night on one match. Because that was got me as a kid thinking this. Like, what if this was real? All right. Like, I think at the time we knew it was predetermined. I forgot how old I was in 1998. I can't believe I just said that out loud. Um, Still real to me, damn it. <laughs> too many shots of wrestling. But, like, I always think of what if what I'm watching is real. Yeah. Right? How do you not have a main event going into Raw? Do you have a main event plan the show, show starts? Right. Like, what if Mankind didn't get eliminated? Who's going to be number 16? What if Dude Love didn't get eliminated? What was the backup plan? It was, you know, it was all predetermined. So I was wasting my time thinking about the endless. Anyway, number two. <laughs> I'm loving these drunk confessions that you have on there. And I'm not even drunk yet. <laughs> yet. Hello. All right, dude. No joke. I'm stalling because of the fact is like there's still there's just so many moments right now. I'm trying to really narrow it down to three. And by the way, mine aren't in order. I couldn't put them in order. Oh, really? Just... I, I'm trying hard to put them in yeah. order. Uh, okay. So I'm going to make this my number two. Okay. You asked me five minutes later, this all might change. <laughs> <laughs> I have same club here. I talked about it last week. It's when Shawn Michaels, the first time, yeah, won the Royal Rumble. Again, just how cool it was. You know, just seeing how the British Bulldog looked like he was the winner of that match. But you, know, you see Shawn Michaels skin the cat. And anything could have gone wrong at that moment, man. The we fact talked that about he, it last week, yeah, anything yeah, could go wrong. The fact that he held on there, skinned the cat, threw Bulldog over, won the match. It was so cool to see. And the fact that he was... I, I almost forgot about that until you mentioned last week the fact that he was the number one entry. Number one, yeah. And Bulldog is number two. Yeah. In the last two men standing. Yeah. I was going to put that on my list, but I figured you would, so I took it off. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. Dude, it was such an iconic moment. It was such an iconic moment. And Shawn Michaels, my favorite wrestler of all time. It's Our like, favorite wrestler of all time. 
our yeah that's how we bonded actually that's right and uh we're still on the show i was like how can i not have this moment on here there's so many cool moments in royal rumble history but this was just my personal favorite moment yeah it was great that's only number two. Oh wow okay yeah 2005 you know when john cena and batista were up and coming right this is the yeah. year of wrestlemania 21 when they launched their careers you have to crack your beer can right in the microphone as I'm talking, it's so rude. I just realized that. So I did rude. That. My bad, dude. As soon as I, I did I'm not it. editing that out either. <laughs> you know, they're, they're on the path of becoming the top guys, which one of them had to win the Royal Rumble. And they're the last two men standing. Who would win, bro? Who's, who would win? Mm. It was supposed to be Batista. From the beginning, it was supposed to be Batista. Someone screwed up. And they both went over at the same time. Right. A la... Lex Luger, Bret Hart. Oh my God, dude! Why the fuck do I have that moment in there? There was also one list too. I take that one out. I thought you had that one too. Oh, that's a good moment. The refs improvised until Vince McMahon stormed out. That cocky walk he did. And he did, he tore both. He got into the ring, tore <laughs> quads. Uh, right? He tore a quad. Yeah, one or two. He, he tore both of them. Going into the ring, he tore one. He tore one. Okay. Demanding that the, this restarts in sudden death, and trying to leave the ring, he tore his other one. And I think that's when he just sat in the ring, collapsed, sitting in the corner, watching this match play out. So I remember watching that, like, what happened? To, why is he just sitting in the corner like that? What happened? What's going on here? Fucking wild. Very wild. That was just another moment. Like, why is he sitting there? <laughs> um, honestly, that was a moment when I, I actually stopped. There was a moment I was stopped watching wrestling. Oh, you already said that, yeah. And uh, it was during that moment. I've, I've seen clips of that. Yeah. <laughs> insane dude to try to avoid us having the same list I tried to pick like random like minute things I didn't think you would pick yeah and this was definitely one I'm like oh man when I stood out oh my god I'm pissed off now that I didn't put Bret Hart there's so many Lex Luger Bret Hart Lex Luger uh, another one, honorable mention I was going to say it was actually and it's probably the coolest thing that she's ever uh, done in her career is when Nia Jax came in the Royal Rumble that was cool China did like no one expected China to come in the Rumble did you know, they? I was really thinking about that, and no, I I, I think I kind of expected it, because China was always playing with the big boys. You know, Nia Jax, for her to come in at this time, I mean, intergender wrestling oh, is so okay, taboo yeah. nowadays. So it's more of a moment. It, that's why it's more it's of a so moment, taboo. the fact that, yeah. Uh, but not to discredit what China did, or even Beth Phoenix. Yeah, and Karma. And Karma, excuse me, I almost forgot about that. Everyone did, don't feel bad. But, you know, I think just because Nia Jax did what she did, and she took a hell of an RKO. Yeah. And she eliminated some people. Yeah, she eliminated some people, too. I, so she almost made my list. I was going back and forth on that, too. But honestly, my number one moment, my favorite moment, it's actually pretty recent. Um, the first ever women's Royal Rumble. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, uh, honestly, I, I think that's just such a huge moment for the women's revolution. Uh, I'm all about the woman power in wrestling, uh, and to see them get that that match uh, and have it be an ongoing thing now, it, it's so cool. And we got to see some like great returns there as well. Yep. Um, and fitting winner for it to be Oscar. You didn't necessarily know. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, she's got her undefeated streak at that time. Mm-hmm. But does, does the Royal Rumble really count in that? You know, or, or if she does lose that, if she gets thrown over, are we going to hold that against her? But <laughs> she did wind up winning, and which led to a hell of a match at WrestleMania. Um, I know people have some critiques about that match in general, but I loved it. So Royal Rumble, first ever women's Royal Rumble, 
It's going to be Did my favorite you, moment. I missed that match. Really? Because uh, they, I went to get a hot dog, some, <laughs> get something to eat, uh, get a drink, and the lines were just so long. Mm, God, man, that sucks. So the next thing I hear, I hear Charlotte. Like, I, hear, I mean, I hear this the, the match going on. The next thing I hear is Charlotte Flair's music. I'm like, what? Damn, I missed her breaking the streak. Mm. Yeah, I was online somewhere. That was, a good, that was a good match, dude. You missed a good one. Yeah. Again, it's hard to narrow down the list. The Undertaker moment, the Okazuna casket match. We talked about Scarby for life. Air, yeah. yeah. And we're talking, tr- trying to think of categories for a three count. I give you a couple lists. You pick which one you want. Yeah. One of them I mentioned to you, surprise entrance. Yeah. It's my honorable mention. 2002, Mr. Perfect. Coming out of nowhere to enter the Royal Rumble? And not only entering the Royal Rumble, hanging with the likes of Stone Cold, Triple H. And he left, I think it was the final four, final three. What a show we missed the perfect. Wow. Wow. That's a cool moment. I actually, again, I don't remember that moment. That was a huge Mr. Perfect then. Yeah. So see him come back. The fact that he, he, he lasted the final four. Yeah. It was great. Wow. Third. Third place it was, actually. Yeah. Wow. Outlasting Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now I, I feel like I need to watch that rumble. Oh, shit. Let's go. That's the show. Yeah. But you know me, Mark, I'm very loyal to the guys I like. I don't waver my support for them. Mm-hmm. So watching in 2002, Maven drop-kicking The Undertaker as he's yelling at the Hardy Boys who came back into the ring to attack him and eliminating The Undertaker. That's your number one? That's my number one. That's your number one? I had a feeling you are going to pick that as your number one. The actually. look on Maven's face. On everybody's face. Yeah. How does Maven, the reality TV show winner, who's barely, who's still green as green can be. <laughs> right. Eliminate the dead man? Big evil? No. If about the next couple minutes, Undertaker destroyed him, throwing him through popcorn things, yeah. kicking his ass all throughout the <laughs> arena. But yeah, that was fun. It was just fun to watch. Like, look, moments were fun. This was a fun moment and uh, unexpected moment. Right. Which stands, that's why it stands out to me. No, yeah, that, that's that probably made Maven's very short career that he had in WWE. And one of the highlights for me a couple of years ago was when I actually got to meet him, who works for the New Jersey Nets now. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember you told yeah. me. Yeah, uh, one of the photos you could, you could, one of the photos you can have him autograph was him eliminating Undertaker. Really? Yeah, one of the highlights of his career. I mean, yeah, uh, that it doesn't get bigger than that for the for uh, Maven. No, that's why I said I tried to pick random ones, and that's as random as you can get. Maven eliminating Undertaker. <laughs> Again, let us know your favorite Royal Rumble moments. Again, it doesn't have to be the Rumble match itself because it could be anything. Yeah, at one point I even mentioned like you know about AJ Styles versus John Cena. Uh, that could have been a good yeah. moment. I mean, that was a, that was a great match in general. The Rock versus Mankind, the I Quit match, iconic I Quit match. Let us know. Shot of Wrestling, no A on all social medias. Inbox at ShotOfWrestling dot com or dial it up six one nine three four three three zero zero five. I'm very curious to see how your lists differentiate. Between mine and Malka's Devonport, Schwann the Falls. Oh, God. People are going to start calling me that. I mean, that's my plan. <laughs> Just like that, too. I can't stop talking like that. It's very hard for me not to talk like that. But I'm trying my best. That's our three count, Mark. Any go-home thoughts for you? Go-home thoughts? Oh, man. How much time do we have left? <laughs> 30 seconds. All right. Well, go-home thought. Next week is the Royal Rumble. Uh, guys, yes, that's right. we are going to be partying. At Forest Hills, Buffalo Wild Wings. You've heard us talk about it time and time again. It's going to be a fun night. Uh, Outlaw Wrestling, uh, Outlaw Pro Wrestling is going to be there, along with Bull James, some other superstars from uh, from Outlaw, and uh, Boulevard Boulevard Bullies. They're going to be there with a drinking game, which I'm stoked for because I'm going to win the whole damn thing. 
Hey, good luck with that. Are you going to play or no? No. Loser. Bitch, I got work the next day. I took off. I'm as cool as you. I'm taking a day off in January. Well, I take days off whenever the fuck I want. Yeah, because you're Marcus Dallin-Porch on the phone. No, I need to do that. Pinky's up. Like the crown. <laughs> right? The crown? Throne? The throne, throne. idiot. Just go for idiot, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about uh, you? I'm going to turn your microphone off. What about you, buddy? Where are you going with thoughts? You wanted, you wanted to talk about the uh, stuff going on at JFK Airport, right? Didn't you want to talk, mention that in your go-home thoughts? Oh, this pandemic that's trying to avoid us coming to the United States that's going over in China? One more thing I got to fucking worry about. Well, no, dude. Another thing I just found out this week, I didn't know that your vaccinations can wear off. Yeah, you were mentioning that. That's fucking creepy. I have a good friend of mine. Why does no one tell me this? Who's going to Israel, and she went to a doctor for a checkup and said, oh, you uh, you have to get a a mumps shot. She said, what are you talking about? My my mom's not a crazy anti-vaxxer. I, I, I'm vaccinated. She's like, oh, no, it wears off. That's crazy. So she's like, well, what about my measles? Oh, no, you, you're good with that. They all wear off at different times. That's insane. I didn't know that. That freaks me out. And you never had a chicken pox? I've never had chicken pox. That's weird. Ever. That's crazy. I know. So I, I need to get checked out. I need to get <laughs> revaccinated. And if anyone's listening, this is a real thing. Google it. Talk to your medical professional. How do they check it? I guess it's blood test. But oh, my God. Know? What do they look for? I don't know, dude. Like, Jesus Christ. You mentioned it last week, uh, but now that it's officially done, shout out to uh, Alpha Championship Wrestling for putting on that great show that we were ringside for commentary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hope to be back. That was a jam-packed night of action. Check out their social medias. It's different across all platforms, so good luck looking that up. That's cool as we are, streamlined all across the board with the shot of rushing no way on every platform. Mark's talking about shots that wear off. Shots I just took earlier are wearing off. Let's do some more, Mark. Those are the shots I'm down for right now. Hell yeah. They don't hurt as much. So, for the Hollywood assassin, your favorite actor, Mark Schwann. Abel and Hank Flanagan. I've been your host at Muggage Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last call at the bar. Well, just when you think you're done, they bring us back in. We're still here with Hank Flanagan. Now, you've made it to last call, and it's very simple on how you play. I ask you a question, and the first thing that comes to your mind is the first thing you should answer. Are you ready? Fair enough, and I've heard last call plenty of times in my life, so... (laughs) Well, then away we go. What is your favorite adult beverage? Jameson and Proper 12. Other than wrestling, what is the other thing you nerd out to? Music. What iconic wrestler, dead or alive, would you like to be in a ring with? Eddie Guerrero. What is your motto in life? Day at a time. What is the worst job you ever had? Male stripper. In your opinion, what is the best sports team in American history? New York Yankees. Who was your markout wrestler growing up? Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, and Jake the Snake Roberts. What was the best wrestling event that you ever attended as a fan? Survivor Series 2011. Oh, shit, nice. And finally, if your career ended tomorrow, what is the one thing you want to be remembered for? 
putting on a good show and being a good fighter. Well, Hank Flanagan, thank you for joining us on this episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm sure there's going to be many more events. We'll see you in the near future. Happy New Year, and we'll see you very soon. Happy New Year, fellas. Thanks a lot. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. <laughs> but I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody.